Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Having a disability, whether blindness or another, can be difficult too. Sometimes a person wonders if God is even there. Yeah, but in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. beginning with Ruth chapter 4. Meanwhile, Boaz went to the town gate and sat there. When the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along, Boaz said, Come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over and sat down. Boaz took ten of the elders of the town and said, Sit here. And they did so. Then he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother, Elimelech. I thought I should bring this matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in the presence of these seated here and in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me, so that I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am next in line. I will redeem it, he said. Then Boaz said, On the day that you buy the land from Naomi and Ruth, the Moabitess, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead, with his property. At this, the kinsman redeemer said, Then I cannot redeem it, because I I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it. I cannot do it. Well, hi, everyone. It's Pastor Dave. And Cecilia. And we just had the reading of Ruth chapter 4, the fourth chapter of this book. Yeah. It's been a great study. It's been great to be with you. If uh, you uh, want information yeah. well, about the uh, anything we've been talking about, you can uh, write hold us. Hold Cecilia, hmm? we're not done. Sure we are. No, we're not. You get the girl. What else is there? Well, there's a lot more to it than just getting the girl. Like what? Well, what about his uh, gathering at the at the at the gate? Don't you want to know about that? Hmm. It was like a court, and 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 so it was kind of like a court, and he could have been, uh, meaning Boaz, one of the the leading people, more maybe even like what we call the the mayor of a city. Isn't that important to you? Uh, you're beginning to get my interest a little, I suppose, but. Huh. It's after lunch. It's nap time. Nap time. Well, there's still more. How about the fact that at first this guy wanted to redeem and then he didn't want to redeem? Um, 
Sounds like he was making excuses to me. It does, doesn't it? D- do you ever make excuses? Mm-hmm. Me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I-, I hope my housemates aren't listening to this at the moment. No, uh, 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 I wasn't thinking about when you go home. I was thinking about like right now. You want to be done and over? We've just started? Oh, wait a minute. You did that a few weeks ago. Well, that's different. That was me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I suppose pastors can get away with it, whereas us, us uh, uh, silly co-hosts can't, right? Yeah. Oh, I see. You know, making uh, excuses does bring up a whole interesting thing. This is a little bit of a side note. It reminds me of a song way back. I remember when my mom first got the stereo in the in the living room, and she was almost dancing. Was it one of those big stereos that sat on the floor? And... That was the second one. This oh. was actually up on a stand. It was and it had speakers on the left and right, and the thing Ooh. folded down. And the first album she got was some singing. And this song was so cool. I cannot come. I cannot come to the banquet. Don't trouble me now. I have married a wife. I have bought me a cow. I have fields and commitments that cost a pretty sum. Pray hold me excused. I cannot come. A certain man had a feast on his finest age in town. He laid a festive table and wore a wedding gown. He sent invitations to his neighbors far and wide. But when the meal was ready, each of them replied, I cannot come. I cannot come to the banquet. Don't trouble me now. I have married a wife. I have bought me a cow. I have fields and commitments that cost a pretty sum. Pray hold me excused. I cannot come. The master rose up in anger, called his servants by name, said, go into the town, fetch the blind and the lame, fetch the peasant and the pauper, for this I have will. My banquet must be crowded and my table must be filled. I cannot come. I cannot come to the banquet, don't trouble me now. I have married a wife, I have bought me a cow. I have fields and commitments that cost a pretty sum. Pray hold me, excuse, I cannot come. When all the poor had assembled, there was still room to spare. So the master demanded, go search everywhere to the highways and the byways and force them to come in. My table must be filled before the banquet can begin. I cannot come. I cannot come to the banquet, don't trouble me now. I have married a wife, I have bought me a cow. I have fields and commitments that cost a pretty sum. Pray hold me, excuse, I cannot come. Now God has written a lesson for the rest of mankind. If we're slow in responding, he may leave us behind. He's preparing a banquet for that great and glorious day. When the Lord and Master calls us, be certain not to say, I cannot come. I cannot come. I cannot come to the banquet. Don't trouble me now. I have married a wife. I have bought me a cow. I have fields and commitments that cost a pretty sum. Pray hold me, excuse, I cannot come. Uh, all right. Uh... I suppose now that you've played that song, you want me to try and come up with some relation between that and Boaz and Ruth. 
You really don't want to be here, do you? I'm tired. You really want to just go home, don't you? I want to take a nap. Ah, sorry. Wake up. Wake up. Listeners, too. Yes, and there is a great connection between them. uh, Because um, the song, I Cannot Come to the Banquet. Did you catch what type of banquet it is? Well, the song is called The Wedding Banquet. Okay. And the first kinsman redeemer said... What about Ruth? Uh, I don't want to redeem her. I can't. Because uh, I don't want to marry her. And so it's an excuse out of both wedding banquets. Now, the real twist I'd like to say is, and, and this is a little bit of a branch of a field, but the song kind of relates the parable that's in the New Testament that Jesus gives. Which is that, found in Luke 14, by the way. For being half asleep, you're pretty sharp there. Um, I uh, just happened to hear that when I was... um, Ah. Anyway. And um, Jesus told the parable to help us understand God is opening up the doors and welcoming people right and left, and not just those who were officially invited, a.k.a. at that time, the Jewish people, but that it would be opened up to the whole world meaning the poor, the lame, the blind, because that's how the Israelites saw the rest of the world as, as a second class, not second class, but as, as you know, people with, with issues. Mm. And isn't that really what the Christian church is about? God opens up the doors to people with issues, including sleepy people who don't want to be here. Okay, I see what you did here, I think. Uh, you uh, took the poll... Uh, banquet thing, and you slid in the idea that uh, that the unnamed kinsman redeemer made excuses, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't even know if he showed up at Boaz's wedding banquet or not. Probably made excuses for that too. But uh, then also the idea that we should not make excuses lest we be left behind at God's wedding banquet. Uh, so now, now can I go home? Uh, no. Well, I think I'm going to let my partner sleep a little. Maybe after a little doze of a nap, I can get a little more out. I don't know. I'd like to take that concept, though, of excuses. Um, both uh, the kinsmen did it, and the song mentioned it, Cecilia mentioned it. What are some reasons we make excuses, no matter what it might be? Uh, could be because uh, I don't have transportation, or I don't have money enough to do something. It could be because uh, I'm too tired, like my partner, although I think that's not an excuse for her today. <laughs> or it could be I'm in pain. Sometimes, I I know I've heard from many people uh, that uh, when it's in reference to going to church, either uh, it's too many people and it's so confusing, I don't know how to do it, or the other extreme, it's always the same old, same old stuff. And when it really comes down to it, the reason that's called an excuse is because these are reasons we give because, quite frankly, we don't want to do it. Okay. I'd rather hear people say, well, I just don't want to do it, 
than to make excuses. And in fact, I think that's what the Lord would want too. Here's the, the thought, last thought I have on this before I go wake up my partner. Um, is when it comes to excuses, when I look at the book of Ruth, did Ruth make excuses to shirk her responsibility or care for Naomi? Not at all. She was blessed and helped by Naomi, probably even uh, was brought to faith, and that's why she was willing to go back to her country and her gods. Did Ruth ignore her responsibilities once she was there? She could have just gotten married to some young guy or whatever. Nope, she stuck with Naomi. She didn't give excuses. How about Boaz? Did he make excuses? He could have. Nope, he did the right thing as well. That's the real question. What is the right thing for each of us to do? And I can't make a judgment call for you. It's something that you and the Lord have to talk about. And sometimes that does mean witnessing to that person. But it can be scary, or it could be uncertain, just as all the excuses were. Let's pray we do the right thing. Cecilia, Cecilia, I gave you some extra time to take that nap. Okay, we need you awake now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I want you to read Ruth chapter 4. We got another section. Ruth chapter 4, beginning at verse 7, if you would, please. Okay. Now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other. This was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, Buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi, all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabitess, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from the town records. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all those at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the house of Israel. May you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman, may your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. (laughs) 
So, Pastor Dave, you woke me up just to read these Bible verses? Well, yeah. We read the Bible verses so that then we can unpack it to understand what it's saying. What's there to unpack? Well, there's some, I'm thinking, some deep things that we have to work through here. Oh, come on. There's no working through to it. It's perfectly clear. There was no surprise there. I'm almost sure, even though the Bible doesn't say it, that Boaz knew this kinsman redeemer. He knew him well enough to know that he wouldn't want the foreigner. He might want the land, but not the foreigner. Boaz, on the other hand, knew Ruth, and uh, he admired her, and he liked her, and uh, so he was willing to take the land if it meant getting the girl. Hmm. So, now can I go back to sleep? Um, a no. And now having had those verses so aptly described by you, half asleep as you are, we have had the stage set for the most important part, I think, of this entire book, which is the next few verses. And we're going to start, would you, at verse 13 of chapter 4. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. So the women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who has this day not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child, laid him in her lap, and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son! And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. Dave, yeah. you woke me up to read those Bible verses? Yeah, and just like last time, you went zippity-doo-dah-day and you gave the meaning to these verses, so can you do that again? Now he's going zippity-doo-dah. Oh, Some sorry. people are way too cheerful. <laughs> Come on, Cecilia. It's, uh, we read it, so now we have to understand it. What do these mean? Um, what's there to understand? You... Uh, don't I, get I it, mean, No, I'm afraid I just don't get it. Hmm. You are out of it today, aren't you? Can't we, uh, do we have to record this today? I mean, everybody's going to think I'm stupid. 
No, no, they won't. They won't. They know you from other shows that you're good and it's just showing you have an off day. There was one time, remember back when I was having an off day and I had to drink the coffee? By the way, people, we aren't making this up. This is really pretty much the way it goes. Believe me. And though she has an off day... Well, that's why we're a team. I'm more on it then. And in the day I was off, then she was more on it. And that's one reason why you guys are not alone. We are a team together. And there are days we do feel off, do feel... uh, but that's one of the comforting things of what you just read, Cecilia. That... God doesn't abandon us when we're having a bad, horrible, no good, rotten, miserable, ugly day. I mean, look at Naomi. They were in a famine, so they went to another land. Yeah. And you'd think, oh, God's abandoned me. Well, then came uh, uh, two kids, and then came the two wives, and things were looking good, but then they both died, and she was bitter. Wasn't that what they said? Her name was Mara. Yeah, bitter. Mara. And she probably felt like God was abandoning her again. But nope, nope, nope. And and here again, even as Ruth stuck with her constantly to help her and was a great help, then God blessed that effort as well and brought Boaz on the scene. And so it is with each of us. We can have bad days and off days and we struggle. But yet when we do a couple things, one, look to the Lord for his help. Which we always pray at the start of a recording session. We know that he is there. Um, Number two, trust and believe that we have a good and gracious God who likes to show kindness to us. He won't forget us even if we forget him. He won't stop helping us, even if we stop serving him. He is always there. And that's where, now coming to the verses you read, Cecilia, make some really good, deep, impacting points. Um, Boaz, in a sense, Ruth was a foreigner. He shouldn't have married outside the, uh, the, his race, in a sense, but he did. And, and he did so to demonstrate how our God would do for us. Because Boaz redeemed her and married her. What has our God done? He has redeemed us and married us. He brings us so close that God is with us. Emmanuel, all the time. He has adopted us. And I can go on and on with the pictures, which we'll continue to pick up with other Bible uh, uh, lessons that we do. Our God doesn't just shake the dust off his sandals and walk away. He comes after us, adopts us, redeems us, makes us part of his family so that we never are alone. alone. You know, through the muddle of my mind, I begin to see it. Mm -hmm. Well, first, we have Ruth and Naomi, and then Obed, the baby. And Obed wasn't really even Ruth's grandchild, but she 
Uh, Naomi's grandchild. Naomi's grandchild. Sorry, uh-huh, uh-huh, I'm not quite awake yet. Uh-huh. But um, um, because uh, he was Boaz's son, they, he was adopted, uh, or or he was part of the clan, and so um, we start back way back at Tamar, who we talked about last week, uh-huh. and uh, then. Uh, uh, through Tamar, you know, and and her son Perez, right. way back. Then we dropped to uh, Rahab, whom we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And there's Rahab in the line of uh, that we're going on here. Right. And then uh, Na- um, Naomi and her people. And, 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 and to, just to help clear up the muddle just a little bit more, <laughs> it, it was Naomi uh, and Ruth aren't related by blood. No. And and so when Ruth had the baby, the only way Naomi could maybe be connected is because she was a kinsman of Boaz. And yet, she said, this is my grandchild and was so happy. Okay, now go on. Okay. Go on. So, uh, Ruth has the baby, Obed, uh, who is father of Jesse, who is then father of David. Right. And then we go all the way down through the line, hundreds of years. And this line can be traced in, in Matthew and Luke, both. To Jesus. And it is Jesus who adopts us into his eternal family. Great. So. You got it. What do we do next now? Um, the clothes. Well, I thought that's what we were doing, but, but what do we do next? The clothes. I did my laundry earlier this week. Um, no, the clothes are the show. Oh, uh, but, but we got to know what we're doing next week, don't we? Oh, that, what do we do next? Yeah, I'm awake now. Let's do something. (laughs) Go back to sleep. (laughs) If you want to reach us, send an email to... Info, I-N-F-O, at... Not-Alone, N-O-T-A-L-O-N-E. Oh, now I say the dot. Net. And just remember... We are are not alone. alone. The Wedding Banquet, from the album Joy is Like the Rain, by the Medical Mission Sisters, and interlude music, Terry Nord and Robert Vaughn.